Hey, beautiful lady. You may have heard of the fight or flight response of stress, but do you understand what fight or flight really is inside of your brain and body? Did you know there's a third one called freeze that most women struggle with in this life? And do you know how to spiritually lean into God to understand what these fight, flight, freeze responses mean and how to determine if they are rational and should be acted out or if they're irrational, part of the pain and wounding and trauma you're carrying and how to lean into Jesus to really truly obey him in those moments when you are in the state of fight, flight, freeze. Today, we are talking about this most extreme form of stress, the high stress, anxiety, panic, anxiety attacks, trauma triggers, PTSD, all of which is the survival mode known as fight, flight, freeze in your brain and body from both a mental health perspective as well as a spiritual perspective. Welcome to the Stress Release for Christian Women podcast. My name's Laura, and I am a mental health practitioner, a Christian woman, and a survivor of mental health dysfunctions and disorders on all ends of the stress spectrum. In this podcast, we are going to be talking about stress and mental health from God's perspective, what mental health resources help to turn it all off and how you can find peace in your mind and body, no matter what storm is raging around you. We are gonna be talking about some heavier topics that are not suitable for kids. So if you've got kiddos with you, grab some headphones or save this podcast for later and know that this information is simply here for educational purposes only, not to replace any advice from a trained mental or physical healthcare professional. If you do need resources for that, you can check out my website, which is linked in the show notes below. So settle in, take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, and let's learn, grow, and find peace in your mind and body together. Hey, beautiful lady. Welcome back to the podcast and to our series right now. What is stress really? So we are in a nine part series talking about the science of stress so that you can have an understanding of what's happening in your brain and body when you're not okay. That is such a crucial first step in getting help with mental health, not only because you need to understand the problem in order to find the right solution, but in mental health, the first step to finding peace whether it's in turning off your stress just temporarily in the present moment or in actually healing, that very first step is awareness. Your brain needs to understand what is going on in order to start allowing for a change. And so this series is really here to help give you information on what is happening in your brain and body when you're stressed and not okay to help bring some of that awareness in and give you the understanding of what your specific struggle is so that you can find the right help for you. So we have been talking in the last few episodes about the stress spectrum. 
And we oftentimes refer to stress as just this really bad thing, but technically it's a whole spectrum. And you can check in the show notes below for links to the previous episodes if you want to dive into that. Basically, the stress spectrum starts at no stress, what we call rest and digest, which is where you feel peace in your mind and body. And this is the state we're trying to get you back to because it's such a beautiful place of peace and restoration. And when we're healing or even just trying to find temporary relief from all the stress, what we're doing is trying to get you back into this no stress rest and digest state so you can just have some some rest some restoration some healing and just some peace with god and there's a second stage that i call movement and exercise that is where you are up and active and alive serving and worshiping god and living the life he's called you to live about halfway through there is a tipping point into the bad stress So on the left end, no stress, low stress is where good stress lies. But then we have this bad stress, which is what you're typically used to calling stress and thinking about when you hear the word stress. And there's two stages in the bad stress end of the spectrum. There is moderate stress or distress, and then there's high stress, anxiety. And that moderate stress is what I call hypervigilance. It's where you start to get kind of on edge and anxious and just overwhelmed and you're kind of stressed out and you're not doing well. You're not in a panic attack. You're not totally triggered with trauma, but you're in this state that's not okay. And this state is the ramping up to high stress. Your body and brain are going, I don't know, might be kind of bad out there. This is getting a little much, whether it's something in the external world That truly is dangerous or too much for you physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. Or if it's an internal wound, pain, or trauma from your past that's getting triggered and your brain says, oh my gosh, it's happening again. No. And so there's this ramping up to in the hypervigilant state leading up to high stress, what they call anxiety. This is where panic and anxiety attacks happen. Trauma, trauma triggers, PTSD. All of that happens, this really extreme form of stress, which is what the world is calling survival mode. And survival mode is what we call fight, flight, or freeze. Those are the three main states you're going to be going through in this state of high stress. And we're going to talk about that those in today's episode. I wanted to give a separate episode specifically on fight, flight, freeze, this high stress of bad stress, because this is oftentimes where we have the most struggle to get help. Um, If you're anything like me and you have trauma and a lot of anxiety, this is where it absolutely cripples you and suddenly you can't do life. And this is where you need help. You really truly do need help to get through and out of this survival mode so you can come back to yourself and function in your life. And this is where a lot of really good mental health techniques, the ones that I offer in the membership and teach, will teach here soon, um, are going to help you. They're a little different than what oftentimes is offered in therapy. And so it's a great additional kind of toolkit of mental health resources that you may not know of to really help with this type of mental health struggle known as stress or high stress. So 
If you missed last week's episode, I went into a little bit of the science of the brain, specifically the survival brain. I'm just going to touch briefly on it here. So if you want to pause and go back, listen to the bad stress episode, you'll get a bigger kind of basis of that, of what I'm talking about. But when God designed your brain in utero, he put this part of your brain called the survival brain and this very specific part of your survival brain together specifically to suss out danger in life. So this part of your brain is scanning your horizons at all given times saying, am I safe or dangerous? And it's going to take the information you, your brain is receiving from your sensory organs to do this. Every sight, smell, sound, taste, touch, or feel your whether it's in the present moment or your memories everything your brain is determining safety on is based on sensory details all these sensory pieces of information coming in if i'm looking at an orange hat it's every texture every crease every shade of orange it's not just an orange hat your brain is taking in every ounce of information which is like i don't know quadrillion billions some number we can't even fathom because God has created this world so much more than we can even perceive in our brains. And it's going to categorize the information about this hat as safe or dangerous. And this hat's beautiful. In the episode last week, I was talking about how the sun was streaming in, hitting it, and how great it was. So I perceived it as good. And my brain said, well, it's safe. So I stayed in the state of rest and digest or peace. But if a dog bit me when I was looking at that hat, My brain is now going to say, and it's going to notice everything in my world around me, every sight, smell, sound, taste, touch, or feel. And it's going to categorize all of that as bad. And it's going to associate it with danger because a dog bite is dangerous. Your brain is not going to say the hat equals a dog bite. It's just going to list every detail about that color orange and the shape of the hat and every texture and the way the sunlight hits it. It's going to categorize all of that as dangerous and add it to this list that God has built into your brain that I call the danger list. And this part of your brain is now going to, every moment of every day, scan your surroundings, all those sensory details, and see if anything is on that list kind of like a bouncer at a nightclub or Jesus at the end of this earth, the book, right? The book of life. Are you in or are you out? Are you on the list or not? If you are not on the list, you don't get in to heaven or into the nightclub. So the list is saying, are you on the list of dangerous things or not? But what's happening is if something has been perceived by your brain as dangerous and it is on this list of danger, you are going to get triggered into the stress state of high stress fight flight freeze if i get bit by a dog while looking at this orange hat of mine my brain is going to add every detail about this orange hat to the list of danger and later when there's no dog around and i look at this hat i'm going to get triggered and i'm going to go into fight flight freeze which is this high stress anxiety or panic attack and i might be on the floor hyperventilating sobbing not knowing what's going on inside of me because i looked at a hat and this is what we call trauma so trauma is not just what happened to you it's how you perceived what happened to you and a dog bite could be traumatic but the trauma is actually living in your brain in these memories 
and the memories are actually just a collection of sensory details that make up this whole video in your brain of what happened. And we'll talk about that more in depth next year when we talk about trauma. But when you carry these emotional wounds and these hangups, these heartaches and heartbreaks and traumas, really the technical name for all of that is trauma and trauma is a spectrum. So you're going to have this whole spectrum of little things, you know, these emotional wounds in your life, all the way to big things like dog bites and whatever else has happened that's physically life-threatening to you. And those are going to get hung up on this list of danger. And a trauma trigger is when your brain has something on that danger list that is triggering the stress response after the fact called post-traumatic stress. And it doesn't mean you have the disorder. That's when you have an extreme level of it. But post-traumatic stress is another word, is the technical word for a trauma trigger. And this trauma trigger is the detail from that event that is now triggering the stress response inside of you. So it's the stress response post-trauma. So again, we'll get more into that later. I kind of got in depth here. But The reason I want you to know this is that sometimes your brain is going to go into fight, flight, freeze, and it will carry your body into that state right along with you. This high, high stress state, sometimes it's because the world in front of you is dangerous, physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. Sometimes there truly is something threatening in front of you, and it may not be physical danger. It might be emotional danger. It could be threatening to your mind. Psychological abuse can destroy you. And if we look at scripture, Jesus said, guard your heart for from it all else flows. And what that means is that what you let into your mind is eventually going to seep into your heart, and your heart is where you worship God and secure your place in heaven. And if someone psychologically abuses you, it can decimate your heart, which can decimate your faith, which can decimate your future. So we really do have emotional and mental threats in our world. And we also obviously have spiritual threats and spiritual danger can come through other people, or it can just be spiritual warfare from the devil. So it's not just physical danger that we're fighting. Your brain is really perceiving all aspects of danger that are affecting all aspects of you. I like to say we're little triune humans that have three parts. And if you are not alive and well in all, well, basically, if you're not alive in all three of these parts, you're not alive on planet earth. To be a human, you need to have a body, a mind, and a soul. And we tend to look at danger as just the body. But your mind is your mental health. It's your mental and emotional health. And then your soul is your spiritual health. And you need to take care of all three parts of those. And the part of your survival brain sussing out danger in the world is detecting threats to all of these parts of you. So sometimes you're going to have reactions of fight, flight, freeze, and they're appropriate to the world around you. And you are not going to be in physical danger Because the person in front of you is getting verbally abusive or getting manipulative in that sick, twisted psychological abuse. And if you think you haven't been in really bad situations, this is catty women destroying each other with words. We have all been there on both sides. 
victims and abusers. So that can hurt you and you might have a reaction of fight, flight, freeze to that danger. If you walk into a group of ladies and they're gossiping and you feel icky, that could be the ramping up to or the full trigger of fight, flight, freeze, because that may not be an emotionally, mentally safe environment to be in. God calls you there. You brave it with his strength. But if you have this reaction that says, I just, I don't want to be with these people and you walk away, that's the survival brain doing its job for you. Now, a lot of times in our world, because we've all been hurt, because we have this trauma, we have these triggers based on this danger list and we think the world around us is dangerous and we are in fight, flight, freeze, and we try to fight, run away, or we just go stiff as a board and numb and just kind of take it. And there's actually nothing dangerous in front of us. And that's what we call an irrational response. And it's hard to kind of hear the word irrational because it feels like you're bad and you're broken. And it took me a long time to really kind of come around to this word. But trauma is truly an irrational response of the brain. It's the glitch in your brain because you're not actually in that situation anymore. And it it is not something you can control. It is not your fault you have it. You are not bad for having this level of brokenness inside of you. It's what Satan does to humanity on planet Earth. Every single human has had their heart broken at some point. And some of us have had our lives in the hands of other people or animals or just, you know, life-threatening situations with danger, uh, with nature. And we have, we have trauma from that. We all have little traumas from heartbreaks. And some of us have these big traumas from life-threatening situations. And we can't control that. We just accept that this is part of the fallen world that sucks. But there is help available. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to learn about it and get the right help so we can stop Satan and get it out of us so we don't have it anymore. So trauma is going to be this irrational response inside of you into the fight, flight, or freeze state. And a lot of times when we are triggered in fight, flight, freeze, that is the source. So as we walk through these three steps today, I'm just going to talk about what each of these is physiologically and emotionally inside of you, where they're coming from, why they're there, like when they're actually going to fight danger for you and help you survive. And then what usually is going on inside of you, especially as a woman, we usually don't get physical, we get verbal and emotional. So we're going to talk about what is going on inside of you and what behaviors you might be exhibiting um, when you're in these states. And we'll talk about the irrational response as well and how to lean into Jesus to understand this spiritually as we journey through. So our first response is called a fight. And anytime you're triggered in fight, flight, freeze, your brain is going to start with the fight response. It is always going to move from fight into flight into freeze. And what it's going to do is it's going to start with the fight response. Can you fight the danger and win? If you're actually in danger, is it a physical threat that you can fight and and win? Is it an emotional threat or a verbal threat that you can shut down? Can you call that person out on the words they're saying and shut it down? That is fighting and winning. And if you win the fight, you will stop with a fight response until you're safe. And then your brain will go back into one of those no stress states. If it's not possible for you to fight the danger and win, 
your brain will move you immediately into the flight response, which is like a running away from danger response. If you can't beat the danger, like let's say I live in Colorado, let's say a mountain lion is attacking me, which actually did happen to a guy a few years ago. If a mountain lion is attacking me, can I fight it and beat it? Which basically is going to mean, can I injure or kill the animal until the point where I can get away? And if the answer is no, my brain is going to go into flight response. Can I escape? If the mountain lion has not bitten me and latched onto me in some way, can I escape or not? And typically with wild animals, you do not want to run. It makes it worse. So typically the answer is no. And if you cannot flee or get away and win, you will go into a freeze response. And if you've ever loved camping or been in Alaska or Colorado and listened to how to stay safe around bears, they'll tell you to play dead. That is the freeze response. Go limp as best you can. You do not want to look like a fluffy bunny running away. You become prey very quickly. So the brain automatically does this. God designed your brain to move through these three stages through survival. And if you can fight, you'll stop there. If you can run away like a gazelle outrunning a cheetah, they actually can. You, If you can get away, then you're fine. If you can't, you go into freeze. And freeze is the state of shutdown that we'll get into in just a moment. So the fight response, this first step, can you fight and win against the danger? Well, if the danger is actually physical and, or even just verbal or something in front of you, yes. But if the danger is just one of those irrational trauma responses on your list, like my orange hat after the dog bite, you can't fight it because it doesn't even exist. You can't fight a hat. The hat isn't actually hurting me. It's my brain fearing the dog bite out of the hat, but it doesn't even know that. It's just on the list of dangerous things, so it's triggered. So what's going to happen when you're in the fight response physically is you're going to have this desire to punch or kick things. This is fighting, right? You're like getting in a little kung fu mode, little boxing mode. You're going to have this desire to punch or kick things. Emotionally, you're going to be filled with anger and rage. I have struggled with PTSD and I have been filled with a lot of anger and rage in my day. And a lot of people tell me they could never imagine that because I know how to be well-behaved when I'm fine. But when you go into fight response, your brain is trying to save your life and it will fight to the death. And so it's going to want to punch and kick things to save your life. And I have gotten so angry that I've punched pillows and I'm like, I could put a hole in this wall because there's so much trauma triggered right now and I just can't handle it. And so even as a woman who's not going to punch anyone, I have this desire sometimes to punch things because I'm in the fight state and it's how God designed my brain to naturally react. Now, when you're in this fight state, what you're going to typically feel yourself with behaviors besides just punching and kicking, you're going to start seeing that you're picking fights with other people, whether it's a physical fight or a verbal fight. Men tend to get more physical because of testosterone women with estrogen, we tend to get verbal and manipulative. You might find yourself insulting or blaming other people for your problems. Maybe you're mistreating other people. Oftentimes, fight is the root of gossip, right? We don't like that woman, so we're going to talk smack about her. And we don't even know we're doing it, but we feel emotionally threatened by her. And now we're going to destroy her because it's how we feel like we will win. 
But when I say we feel this way or you feel this way, it's your survival brain making these assumptions and doing this for you. And if you remember from one of our previous episodes, when you go into these stressed states, especially high stress, fight, flight, freeze, your body is going, there's a reaction in your brain and body, and it's going to shut down non-essential functions and ramp up essential functions. Fight or flight does not take thought. It takes movement. Your cognitive function shuts offline. Your cognitive function is your brain that's doing thinking, your rational thinking, your willpower, your logic. And it's going to go completely offline as if you unplugged it. You're not going to be able to think straight. Everything going through you is part of what is wired into your brain in the automatic system of your subconscious. And what's going to happen is whatever you have learned to do as a behavior in your life is going to come out. So when we go through fight, If someone is really gossipy or really conniving and manipulative, they usually learned it somewhere. It could be part of this response of what their brain thinks is best. How can they win this situation emotionally, verbally? But oftentimes they've learned it from their family and their community and the kids at their school. The brain wires in these behaviors when we're kids. And so whatever environment you're in when you're a child is going to create the automatic responses that you then live out later in life, especially when you're triggered. Now, gossip can happen when you're not in fight, flight, freeze. But when you're in a fight response, that can be ruthless, right? We've all been with those women. And sometimes we've been them. I myself have been that woman. And I just tear someone down. Because it's the only thing that feels good in that moment. It's the only thing that feels like I'm going to win and be okay. That's the fight response. So you are literally going to fight the threat until you survive, which is like fight to the death until they stop what they're doing. Even if what they're doing is not hurting you. Sometimes someone comes at you and says something and what they said isn't bad or wrong but it triggered this emotional wound inside of you. And that emotional wound is so devastating that you get triggered. That emotional wound is so painful that you go into fight or flight and you feel like they were this manipulative conniving jerk or brat or whatever you want to call her. And you just need to tear her down to shut her up now. And the reality is she was this kind, humble, meek Christian you got triggered and you turned into the devil. You turned into the monster who just turned into the conniving, manipulative jerk or brat. But your brain won't know that because you're triggered. You're in survival mode and you can't even think straight because your cognitive function is offline and all you're doing is living out survival mode in the way you know best. So the fight response with men is really clearly they, you know, they get in brawls. You're like, what is wrong with them? Why do they do this? But they look at women and they're like, that is ruthless. Why would they do that? And it's this survival response oftentimes inside of us that leads us to do these wicked, evil behaviors. So if fight is not something that your brain decides is safe, if fighting isn't going to work, or maybe this woman picked a fight with you and you went back at her and it did not go well, and she is now overtaking you in this verbal, you know, verbal assault, whatever, you know, this fight between the two of you, your brain might say, yeah, that's not going to work. We can't win this fight. 
and it will flip you then into flight, which is running away. So can you run away from the danger and win? And if your brain says yes, it's going to do this. Physically, you're going to have the desire to run or walk away quickly in a very panicked way. Emotionally, you're going to be filled with fear, panic, and anxiousness. I got to get out of here. Oh my gosh, I can't be here. We got to leave. You also might live in the, what if? What if I live here? What if, oh my gosh, I can't be here. What if something happens? I need to avoid this. I need to get out of here. So when something is actually threatening you in this moment, whether it's physical or something verbal, emotional, or spiritual, your brain is going to say, get out of here. If you're in that argument with this lady and she just got really nasty, this could destroy your heart and it could cause trauma and you do need to avoid that. And so maybe the flight response is positive. Maybe it's a good reaction and you do need to get out of there. And this design is perfect. And you're like, you know what? Screw you. And you walk off and you're like, sorry, God, I said that. Or maybe you're just like, you know what? You're right. I'm just going to go, right? Take the Jesus road, the humble road. You know what? You're right. I'm just going to leave. Or I'm just going to go. We are not solving problems here. The mature response. We are not getting anywhere with this. I'm going to go home. And she may come at you verbally as you leave. Yeah, that's right. Get out of here, right? We've all lived these situations. But in that moment, you flee. And spiritually, you have removed yourself from Satan's trap, which is good. But you've also protected your heart and your mind in that process. You got out of a psychologically harmful situation that could have been abusive. And maybe you were going to turn into the abuser you know, and so really it's good to leave in that moment. If this is trauma, if this is the irrational response, a lot of us live here. You've probably experienced this. If you're anything like me, where you get triggered and you just want to get out of there, you are suddenly feeling like someone is attacking you and hurting you and you just want to leave. And the reality is all they did was open their mouth and either speak truth or just say something neutral but it triggered you and now you're living in all the emotions and all the heartbreak and all the pain. And it feels like you're back in middle school when that girl broke your heart or that guy dumped you or whatever it is. And you're just like, I got to get out of here because you're such an emotional mess or you feel like you're being attacked. And so what this is going to often lead to is avoidance. We avoid certain situations or people You might make excuses for why you can't go to something or why you can't volunteer and commit to something. It can create roadblocks in your life, like these walls that's like, nope, I can't do that because it hurts and it's bad and it's dangerous. Even though it's not actually dangerous, that's the irrational response of the brain. And when there's a roadblock or an avoidance or an excuse, it's what we call self-sabotage. And that's where the phrase, what if comes in? What if it hurts like last time? What if someone there is actually abusive? What if I freeze and I can't take care of myself? What if fill in the blank? And then you avoid and you don't live the life God's called you to live. When we look at procrastination, it oftentimes comes out of flight. Well, I can't do that because I don't know. That's just really scary and bad. And that thought may not even be in your cognitive awareness. That may be in your subconscious. That's really scary and dangerous. I don't know. 
But that's just the reaction of the survival brain. And suddenly you can't get yourself to do the thing you need to do, whether it's clean your home or sign up for something at church or start your business God calls you to do or whatever it is. You suddenly can't get yourself to do that thing because there's all this fear. You're triggered and now you're in flight. And we call it self-sabotage too, because you will try to do something. You'll say, yes, God, here I am. Send me. Here's my goal. Here's my New Year's resolution, whatever it is. And you can't do it or you can't finish it because this avoidance response comes in and says, we need to protect our heart. Last time this was bad. Don't do this. Go run away. And we run away and hide. We avoid doing the ministry God calls us to. We avoid making friends. We avoid getting into romantic relationships. We avoid putting ourselves out there because it hurt us in the past. And we're just like, I can't handle that pain. And sometimes you're in the hypervigilant state of stress and you can kind of be aware. Your brain's like half online and you're aware you're kind of running away. Or maybe when you're out of the trigger, you can realize the trigger is causing you to not do it. But when you're in survival mode, when you're in fight, flight, freeze, your brain is trying to keep you alive and it will lock you in these states and these behaviors. So if you know someone or you yourself are struggling with this, with this running away and avoidance, this procrastination or self-sabotage, I want you to know it's out of your control. And that can sometimes feel really helpless. But the beautiful thing about acknowledging that is it means you're not choosing it. So you're not actively creating the sabotage the world is telling you you're doing. You know, your family, your friends, your husband, they're going to be telling you to do it. You just got to be brave. And they don't know why you can't. It's because your survival brain has literally hijacked your ability to do it. And so the best way to have compassion for yourself in these broken states is to understand what's really happening and that you're not choosing this avoidance. It is happening automatically inside of you. So you're not bad and broken in a way that is your fault. It's a product of the trauma you're carrying in life. And the responsibility you have is in getting the help you need to heal that with Jesus and any mental health he's calling you to. But it's not your responsibility to just automatically be fine right now because you can't. If your leg is broken, you can't run on it. That's just a fact. And when you have trauma locking you in the flight response where it's led you to avoidance, you can't help that. It's just a fact. So this is where compassion comes in. This is where that love for yourself and the people around you comes in. If someone is avoiding and it's kind of on the edge and you think they could power through, sometimes a pep talk can help. But if that person has a lot of trauma and just is really shutting down and like, I can't do it, I can't do it. It probably is the flight response and giving them a pep talk can actually make it worse because you're telling them to go straight into a tornado. And their brain is like, that's the dumbest thing in the world. You're stupid. You're not going to survive. And so we really need to speak to the survival brain in these moments to bring in safety, to help them understand this is a trauma response. You're actually okay right now. And so to get out of this, we'll talk about this at the end of the episode more, but to get out of this is to really, truly speak to the survival brain and help her know 
that this is an irrational response and you are safe right now. And then you can come out of the response and pray your way through getting help and seeing what's really happening. Now, there's a third response that is not as well known, and this is called the freeze response. So freeze is when it's not safe to fight or flee. This one is going to get a little heavy and I am going to get choked up because I carry this trauma. Freeze is when physically you are paralyzed with this kind of rigidity in your body and mind that the survival brain is hijacked and said, don't move. In the wild, this is the deer in headlights. You know, you're driving through the woods at night and you see the deer and you see this glare in their eyes and they're in the middle of the road and you're going 50 because you're on this, you know, back road highway and you're like, oh my gosh, move. And we know, we know deer when we live in the woods, we know they freeze deer in headlights. That's where the phrase come from. They do not move. And you either have to go around them or you have to stop and wait for them to stop being scared. (laughs) It's the same as the opossum playing dead or the fainting goat fainting. Their nervous system hijacks and they freeze. And it is a survival response in animals and in humans. If I'm in the woods, like let's say I'm up in the Rocky Mountains and a wolf that is like most definitely going to kill me if I move is around one crunch of a leaf and I'm dead. If I freeze, they won't see me and they won't hear me. And I'm praying they don't smell me and I might survive. So the freeze response in the wild is beautiful because it literally takes over your body and puts you in this state of paralysis so that you can survive because a deer frozen is the exact setup with that wolf. The wolf might not know it's there and it, it stays alive. It survives. But in your life, this can be really catastrophic. So emotionally, when you're in this state, you're going to be shut down. You're going to be numb. You're going to be detached. You're not going to connect with the positive emotions you feel in life. You oftentimes may not connect with the negative emotions you feel. You, this is where typically we see depression is you're just going to be in this shut down lethargic state where you can't get yourself to get up off the couch and go do something. You can't get yourself to text or email that person back because the fear is so crippling. You're just paralyzed and you can't do it. Sometimes we'll call, call that flight avoidance. I'm going to avoid the situation, but if you are locked on your couch and you're supposed to be sending this email, avoidance is closing your laptop and just saying, I'm not going to do it or I'll do it later. Freeze is when you're just staring at it and you can't get yourself to do it. And you're going to be kind of shaky and you're just so filled with emotions, but you can't even really feel your emotions. It's just numbness. You can't leave the house. Like it's just this state where you really can't function. And there, we'll talk about this more um, at the end of this series. We're going to have some episodes on the new research coming out called polyvagal theory. And we're going to talk about more in depth what's going on physiologically inside of you. But God literally designed your hormones to kick in differently. There's stress hormones and endorphins that go through your body to numb you out physically. Because if the wolf actually does see you eventually, or they smell you and they attack you, you don't want to feel that. So God literally designed mammals, animals that are mammals and humans to have this chemical reaction inside of you so that you don't feel the pain physically, but it also numbs you out emotionally. 
And so if you're in the freeze response, oftentimes you're not going to feel. And this is why someone who's depressed doesn't care about life. You know, they're Eeyore. Everything is gray. They can't even get up to do the dishes. I think it was a year or two ago, I was so depressed that I couldn't clean my little 650 square foot apartment every week. And I would make a goal. I had to make a goal, clean one thing. And I remember one week, the only thing I did was clean my toilet. And I was unemployed. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a life. I literally, I think that must've been two years ago because it was before Christ. I could not do anything. I was so numbed out. I like, it took so much energy to fight against this because there's this hormonal chemical thing in your body that says shut down. If you move, you're dead. And so I couldn't move. I was exhausted just trying to get myself to clean the toilet. I couldn't clean anything else. So this freeze state is really catastrophic on our lives when we are actually safe and it's the irrational state of trauma. But when we're in danger, it's incredible. I'm going to just briefly go into something that might be triggering if you've ever been assaulted. Just and I'm going to get choked up with this, but I just want to speak truth to this. As women, you are smaller and you are more helpless when someone is attacking you. If you've been assaulted and you froze, it was God's design to keep you alive. Sometimes you could punch the guy, strangle the guy, get away. But someone who's in that demonic state of abuse might have killed you if you fought and your brain did the best thing it knew in that moment to survive. And that was to go numb. We oftentimes say, I just laid there and I took it and I don't know why I didn't fight back. (sighs) This is hard to talk about. You didn't fight because your brain did the best thing it could to survive in that moment. We have no idea what Satan would have done through that person to try to steal, kill, and destroy us. And what you lived was awful. But it's okay that you froze. And this is the science why. You survived. And God can now heal you and use that story just like mine to save other women's lives and to help them find healing in Christ. So if you're struggling with this shame, I've lived it. Some days I still do. I can't talk about it without getting choked up and literally shaking right now. But I want you to know it's okay if you froze. Your brain automatically did what it knew to do and you stayed alive and that's really important god needed you to stay alive and you're here to tell the story and we are going to heal we're going to find the healing from jesus together in this okay going back to kind of what this can happen and do in your life so when you are experiencing this freeze response later let's say That story that I just talked about is yours. You've been assaulted physically or sexually and you have this trauma and you keep freezing and shutting down in life. That's normal. Yes, it's an irrational response of your brain with trauma. No, you're not choosing it. No, it's not your fault. What you're going to start to notice in your life is you're going to start to justify and rationalize not doing things that you need to do, like cleaning your toilet 
or washing your dishes or leaving the house and going and being around people. Maybe people have hurt you and it's really scary and you just numb out and you can't get yourself to do it. You'll notice there's an avoidance here, kind of like flight. But again, this isn't avoidance and then going and doing other things. It's avoidance out of numbness. Like you tend to then just maybe close your computer and you just sit with like catatonic eyes and stare at the wall. That's the freeze response. The avoidance out of flight is like, that is not the right thing to do. I'm just going to do something different. There's a better thing to do right now. Slam the laptop, move on. The freeze response is, I can't do this right now. And you might have a quick moment of like slam the laptop and push it away, but you are like catatonic and you just sit there until you maybe start to feel again and you start sobbing. Another thing that can happen when you're in freeze, you might become robotic going through the motions without really thinking or feeling anything. Again, that really kind of lines up with depression where you just kind of go through life over and over. Yep, here we are. I don't even know what day it is. I just do life. And then you can become very detached from the world in this, like you're not in it. You don't really feel like you're a part of it and you don't really know how to even be in it. And everyone around you is happy and you don't know how to be in it, but you're just not well. And so you're very detached. So freeze is the last result. It is the last step in saving your life. Can I fight? Nope, don't think so. Can I flee? Nope, sure can't. You go numb. And God designed you this way to save your life. If you can't fight and you can't flee, you're going to freeze. And hopefully by the grace of God, you have survived. And if you're listening to this today, you have. You have moved in and out of these fight, flight, and freeze responses successfully. And you may have picked up some trauma along the way because life is hard and Satan exists, but you have actively moved through these states and survived. So they have lived out their purpose in your life to keep you alive. Now, when they're happening in real time, because there's actual danger, as we've talked about, they're incredible. And a lot of us, myself included, have trauma. We have heartaches and heartbreaks and emotional wounds inside of us that have built this danger list quite large, where we have a lot of hangups and a lot of triggers, and we need help turning that off. So before we go today, I want to talk about how you can turn off this stress response, this fight, flight, freeze response in the present moment to give you some relief and to bring you back to the state of no stress, also known as rest and digest, also known as peace in your mind and body. And I also want to give you a little bit of heads up on where you can find help to heal the trauma, remove those irrational responses in your brain that are in that danger list to reduce the amount of times you're going to get triggered in your future because you deserve to not be so triggered. So when you're triggered with fight, flight, freeze, your brain is convinced that you are in danger. And there is this whole reaction that happens. So to come out of fight, flight, freeze, you need to convince your brain that you're safe. And there's two ways you can do this. Number one, by the power of God, 
And number two, through mental health. Your number one line of defense is always Jesus. Pray, listen, obey. And the more you can consume Jesus in your daily life, the more he's going to be the first thing you cling to when you're not okay. Like we talked about today, when you are triggered, when you're in this survival mode, you lose cognitive function, which means you can't think about what to reach for. And so you want your autopilot response to be God, to be prayer to God, to be crying out to Jesus in the valley and the spirit to move in you to find peace. And the more you consume God in your daily life through worship and prayer and scripture, not just reading scripture, studying scripture by studies that get you deep into God's word. So you start to know his character, learn who he is and trust him in your heart. It'll wire into your brain in a way that helps you in these moments when you're stressed. Start consuming Christian content 24-7. It was a game changer in my faith and my mental health when I actively stopped watching secular TV and stopped listening to secular music and stopped reading secular books. I only watch Christian TV, I only listen to Christian music, and I only read Christian books. Even if they just barely mention God, I'm like, I want that deep morality and I want at least God's name mentioned because I don't want my my brain and my heart to latch onto something else in the world, which is what secular content is going to teach you. And it's going to reinforce that belief inside of you that if you just have this or if you just have that person or this thing, you'll be okay. And you'll start to autopilot grab for that in those moments. But if you can train your brain to reach for Jesus, that's your number one line of defense, because when you call out to him, he answers. Now, he may lead you to mental health. He may not just turn it off right away, but Your first step is to cry out to God. So begin to consume God in your daily life in a way where you're training your brain, just like building a habit. When you're not okay, you cry out to God. And when you're great, you cry out to God. And when you're just every moment of every day of your life, you're with God, you'll start to seek God in those deserts, in those valleys, in that fight, flight, freeze response. And then number two is mental health. And he may carry you here. Start with him, listen and obey. Mental health has a complete set of techniques designed for this stress. These techniques are designed to heal trauma when you're one-on-one with a practitioner. And when you are alone, you can use them in a generic format to pull you out of this high stress, panic attack, trauma trigger state. They're called somatic techniques, and we have a whole series coming up at the end of this series. We'll go into a bunch of episodes talking all about the somatic techniques that can do this for you. If you are like, I need help right now, in the show notes below, there's a few resources you might want to check out. Number one, there's a free video with one of my favorite somatic techniques. It is a video straight from the membership that I have, and you can download it for free so that you have access to one of these techniques. It is a very quick technique. It's under five minutes, and it should pull you out of a panic or anxiety attack, trauma trigger, this fight, flight, freeze response, and it'll teach you how to do it anytime, anywhere. 
so that no matter where you are, even if you can't turn the video on, once you learn this, you don't need the video. It'll teach you a powerful tool to help pull you out of this yourself. And then I have a membership where I have all these videos. So there's a ton of different mental health techniques that can pull you out of the state of fight, flight, freeze, and help you work through some of the emotions while you're at it. And the membership is me guiding these techniques generically so that you have access to get out of this high stress state in the present moment. It's not going to help you heal. You need to work with a practitioner one-on-one to do that, but it's going to give you the opportunity to come back to the state of no stress or peace in the present moment so that you can actively rest and then get on with your day or sign up for help or sit in prayer with God, whatever you need next. So that membership is available down below and it's a great way to get help in between sessions to just pull yourself out of this high stress state in the present moment. And then if you are needing help, therapy and trauma coaching are great. If you have trauma, there's a lot of science coming out now talking about how therapy typically doesn't have as many resources to help heal. They can help kind of hear your story and sit with you in that, but it's not designed to get into the survival brain and release that list of things that are dangerous, release that trauma, all those sensory details. So I would highly recommend working with a trauma coach. And you're going to find this in emotional freedom techniques, also called EFT tapping, in EMDR, also called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, in somatic experiencing, and a whole bunch of others. If you go to the show notes below, there's a link to my website. And on my website, in the upper right-hand corner, there's a button that says get help. And that'll take you to some practitioner directories where you can start to look for a practitioner or you can simply get online. I highly recommend working with a Christian and the directories that I link. Unfortunately, most of those do not filter out by faith. So a Google search um, can really bring you some good results for people in your area. Trauma coaching is not bound by state in the U.S., so you can work with anyone. You can actually work with people from any country around the world, um, which is really cool. There's some different legalities in therapy, and so you can just get online and find someone that really aligns with you and that you feel comfortable and safe with to help heal that trauma. So when you heal the trauma, you no longer have these triggers to trigger the fight, flight, freeze response. So the best way to get rid of this response is to buckle up and get brave and get vulnerable with Jesus and a practitioner to start healing the pains of your past. And you can heal that with God. You can heal that with a practitioner. You can heal it with both. He knows what is best for you and he knows what is God's will for you. So lean into Jesus, ask about the father's will in your life so you can find what's right for you. If you haven't checked out the episodes called God's Holidays, they're bonus episodes, they go into some details of what the fall holidays are for the Feasts of Israel. But in it, I talk about how God heals trauma supernaturally. So check those out. They are in the first few weeks of the episodes from this entire podcast. Um, And they're a great way to start understanding how to lean into Jesus to heal your trauma. It's a little different than what you might expect, but that's your number one line of defense. And then God might carry you into sessions with a practitioner 
to help heal that one-on-one with a human. He'll probably do both. He's doing both in my life. And if you need help in between those sessions to at least just turn off this fight, flight, freeze response, check out the membership linked below. You can join me on camera whenever you need. So lean into Jesus, lean into mental health. There is a way out of this valley, of this storm, of this stress response that is consuming you to the point where you can't function and are going into fight, flight, or freeze. And Jesus and mental health will lead you out of that so you can come back to the state of no stress and finally live and thrive in that state of peace in your mind and body. I hope this episode brought you some information some awareness, some clarity, maybe some compassion. And really, I just hope you don't feel so alone. I have felt so alone on this journey and knowing other women's stories has brought so much light in. So I I hope and I pray that my story and the way I teach this can really bring some light in that you know that you're not alone in suffering from this, that you know there's help available and that you know you are deeply loved and this is temporary. The kingdom come on earth. God has a way out for you even on planet earth before you get to heaven. And I hope I can be a little bit of a light to help you find that. I love you. I am praying for you. Have a beautiful day. Take care. Thank you so much for listening today. If you liked this episode and are looking for some additional resources to help you turn off your stress, including overwhelm, anxiety, panic, and trauma triggers, check out my free mental health video linked in the show notes below. In it, I guide you through one of my favorite mental health techniques for turning off all of that stress in less than five minutes, no matter where you are. Truly, you can turn off your stress in under five minutes in public and no one will ever know. It's that amazing. Download it from the link in the show notes below and let me carry you back to this state of peace in your mind and body. I'm praying for you. I love you. I hope you have a beautiful day. Take care.